Hello, my name's Ian Forth and welcome to Sombrero Fallout, where we listen to alternative music through the filter of intriguing themes. doing 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I, Ian Forth, was meeting my wife for the first time and preparing myself for the next 30 years of uninterrupted joy and happiness. Said with a straight face. <clears throat> now, uh, elsewhere, in England that year, my bloody Valentine were recording one of the most influential LPs of all time called Loveless, which went on to a Godfather, a particular sound generally called shoegazing, and we'll be hearing some tracks from that genre and other genres as well, which the legendary album influenced. As well as tracks from Loveless, therefore, we'll be hearing from Alves, Pinky Shine Ultra Blast, Ringo Death Star, Swerve Driver, Mogwai, Astrobite, Slow Drive, The Boo Radleys, and Drop 19s, I say amongst others. I'm not sure it will be amongst others. I think that is the set list effectively for us this evening. So, without more ado, let us get into... The first track on Loveless, which sounds very much like this. Oh, 
That's only Shallow, which is the first track on Loveless. What is all the fuss about Loveless? Well, let me just step back a, a little. Some of you will be very familiar with this history. Others may not. So let's just put get everyone up to speed. My Bloody Valentine were a mid-80s uh, band, like any other really, making their way in the world. Uh, then they released Isn't Anything in 1988. And a couple of singles from that, you made me realize, um, Feed Me With Your Kiss, opened up a new way of thinking about how music can work. I don't think that's an overstatement. Uh, it's a little hard to describe, but it, this clearly isn't music, which is rock music, nor particularly is there anything else. It's, it's a new genre where the feeling, the um, uh, overwhelming sense of a blur, which comes from the history of feedback, a wall of sound, but also beautiful melody creates a sort of queasy sensation, which is either very beautiful, very alarming, very threatening, can be played at very low volumes, can be played at very high volumes. So they were already inching towards that um, in 1988, when Isn't Anything, as I say, was released. Then, over the next three years, they prevaricated over the release of the follow-up, uh, they were on a small label, Creation, run by Alan McGee and Dick Green. And uh, they got increasingly agitated because they needed the money to solve their cash flow problems. And also, I think it's fair to say, Alan McGee's Herculean drug use problems. While my bloody Valentine's main man, Kevin Shields, who wrote all but one of the songs uh, on Loveless and duets on vocals with Belinda Butcher, his, as it were, quest for sonic perfection saw the band move from studio to studio. Nineteen in total, and I've seen it mentioned, 40-plus engineers. The record was reported to have cost £270,000 to make. Nothing for a major band these days, but an astronomical sum back then for an independent label. So there you are, there's a bit better. Finally, it came out in uh, 1991. It had been trailered by a couple of tracks, uh, by um, ba -ba 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 Soon and by, I think, To Hear Knows When. But when we got the whole thing in 1991, we thought, this is taking music somewhere else. And indeed it did. Now then, lots of bands influenced by My Bloody Valentine. And let's go through them. Uh, on this episode in chronological order, starting here. Yeah, 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 
So if you ever asked yourself, what would have an American band influenced uh, by Loveless and My Bloody Valentine more generally sound like if they just released an album stateside in the, the same year, 1991? There's your answer. That's uh, Winona by the Drop 19s from their album Delaware, although confusingly, I don't think they're from Delaware. They're from Boston, Massachusetts. And um, hmm. they were an example, their contribution to the shoegazer movement, even though I don't think the Americans ever called it shoegazing. What is shoegazing? Well, I think you probably all know the answer to this, but in case there's anyone out there who doesn't, um, it was young bands that stared blankly at the ground, hence shoegazing, while they played layers of blurry, dissonant riffs with timid vocals that faded in and out of the mix. Sounds very specific, but you'll know it when you hear it. My Bloody Valentine um, perfected it. And My Bloody Valentine, with Loveless, took it to a place beyond which you couldn't really go. It then sort of fractured it thereafter. And I guess the fallout from Loveless is what we'll be hearing from in this episode. And we go forward in the years to the next year, maybe 1993, was it? Uh, back over the other side of the Atlantic to a much overlooked band who we're going to hear from now.
Lazarus from the Boo Radleys from their 1993, indeed, album Giant Steps. A good example, I think, of someone taking the Loveless template, but then twisting it to their own purposes. So it starts with a reggae beat, it does the slow quiet thing, which the Drop 19s did, which to a degree borrowed from bands like the Pixies, I suppose. Pixies without the the. A band which, uh, Boo Radleys, by the way, we divert slightly, uh, history has not been especially kind to. I don't suppose that you know, young folk listening in might not even remember or know about. Well, you obviously won't remember if you're young. It's 30 years ago now, uh, the, uh, ba- uh, the Boo Radleys, but uh, they were quite big at the time. I think they were album of the year in one of those, um, uh, you know, Ta- uh, not tabloid, but tabloid-sized papers like Select or Vox, I, I think they were. Yeah, so that was Boo Radley's. Another band we've played once or twice before on the Sombrero Fallout uh, is coming up next. Uh, this is from the following year, 1994, as we step through the eons. <laughs>
That's Alison from Slow Dive from 1994's Suvalaki. And you begin to see that uh, a little bit of a formula is beginning to emerge, and it's been with us to the present day. And the task, I think, always is to find a new twist, find your own version of shoegaze. It's not often a completely new genre gets invented, though. And congratulations to my bloody Valentine for being one of the very few artists who can say, I kind of invented that. And usually it comes from a fusion from the past, so they took elements of Sonic Youth, Jesus and Mary Chain in particular, um, and uh, the crystalline, sometimes female vocals. We, uh, my music club met my hour on Sunday night for the first time in person since we came out of lockdown in Melbourne and we all got a bit giddy. I chose that, uh, I chose the following track, the reason I bring it up. Um, uh, and, and the theme was music from the movies. But uh, yes, we all got a bit giddy. We all started dancing to Zorba the Greek, a uh, bunch of you know, middle-aged uh, men being a bit foolish, but enjoying ourselves enormously. And uh, we careened into the into the into the uh, into Sunday evening. It's nice. It's harmless, certainly, and it was fun. And we were bonding over music. <laughs> and I chose uh, this track, which made the cut on our curated music at the movies list, uh, which uh, I've always been very fond of. From Lost in Translation, another track from Loveless.
The band is Astrobite. The track was the first from their 2001 album Crush and Crusher. Not too difficult to work out who Scott Cortez had been listening to there. And uh, his band is a solo bedroom four-track noise pop piece. And he describes it, or someone does, as a lullaby over a jet engine roar, which is as good a description as any for what we're listening to on this particular episode, which is the effect of Loveless. Well, everything's back and swinging again in Melbourne town, which means that it takes me longer to cross the road effectively when I go to get a cup of coffee in the morning that it's more difficult to park and various other problems, ha-ha. But it's nice to see everybody around again. In fact, I went to see a gig for the first time for a long time last Monday with friend David Pisker, who'd arranged it, thank you, David, at the Brunswick Ballroom. It was uh, Jess Ribeiro supporting Gareth Lidyard, who's got a very unrock and roll name but as the lead singer, as many of you will know, for The Drones As Was and Tropical Fuckstorm As Is. I felt very much part of uh, the in-Melbourne scene. We were sitting one table away, social distancing from Tropical Fuckstorm themselves, while Gareth was on stage. It was a very good performance. It was excellent, in fact. And uh, my friend David pointed out that he feels Gareth's strongest work is solo. Well, I'm not so sure about that, but uh, excellent whatever format you get Gareth in. It's not all uh, jingly-jangly, the shoegaze thing. And this isn't even shoegaze at all, what I'm going to play next. It's got so many other influences wrapped up in it. It's very heavy, so if you're dawdling along on a Monday morning on your way to work and you want want to be woken up great but if you just want to ease into the week well uh, I'm just giving you a little heads up fantastic track though here it comes
Glasgow Mega Snake, not referred to in the non-existent lyrics, by Mogwai from Mr. Beast from 2006, never get tired of that track, Magnificently Heavy Affair. Mogwai were influenced by My Bloody Valentine, I think that's true, but by others also, like the slowcore bands uh, Slint in particular. That's what happens, adding a new twist to the lovely story as time went on. Now, a little shout-out to my old friend, Pina Pavone. We caught up for lunch the other day, and I reminded her of my podcast. And I'm sure you do like You would like it if you got into it. She's been listening to it every day, to and from work. She says it puts a spring in her step. Isn't that nice? Thanks, Pina. Really appreciate that. It's lovely to catch up with you. And uh, you should always keep in touch with old friends. Those, those old sores have a lot of truth in them. As the lovely shadow grows longer from 1991, nonetheless, it becomes no less potent as the following track demonstrates.
Got some building work going on next door. They're building a decking. It's been going on for a long time. But, on the other hand, cannot possibly complain because our neighbours have been saints in putting up with our children's rave-ups in the back room, historically. So it's payback time and fully justified. But that does get a little wearing as spring has moved on. Also, I did some gardening yesterday, so that's an update, more or less, uh, on what's happening around the house. And I'm going to be moderating a focus group in two or three hours' time, something I haven't done for a while. I'm a little anxious. And on Zoom as well, so the technology will probably blow up in my face. However, as you get older, I'd like to say you take these things in your stride, but you don't necessarily. That was Last Rites by Swerve Driver from 2017 from their album, I Wasn't Born to Lose You, which was released a mere 17 years after its predecessor. And uh, it says here, trumpeted some eternal Swerve Driver virtues, intricate fissile guitar patterns, baked hard, then dispatched in giant monolithic waves by the tactile rhythm section. Also, a description of early uh, Swerve Driver from the early 90s. Space travel rock and roll. That Swerve Driver, making, I think, as several bands are, their debut on Sombrero Fallout. Going to go back to Loveless now.
first you heard When You Sleep by My Bloody Valentine from Loveless. Then Stare at the Sun by Ringo Death Star from 2015 from their album Pure Mood. And that's what that sound ends up being if you come from Texas, which uh, Ringo Death Star do. It's quite bold to name your band as a pun, isn't it, Ringo Death Star? You think, oh, well, great bands don't do that. And then you think the Beatles, that was a, that was a rather stupid pun, which we've been stuck with for the last 60 years. There's not always a great correlation between great band names and uh, what they, whether they're any good or not. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. No correlation, as the econometri- econometricians would say. Talking of econometricians, I've had some lovely correspondence from old friend Les Binette, who's the leading advertising econometrician in the world, I would say. He's not well. And uh, I've been corresponding about that, but about many other things as well. So get well soon, Les. That's a trite thing to say, but it happens to be true. Next track.
Okay then, that's a Blaster. The band is Pink Shiny Ultra Blast, and the album was Happy Songs for Happy Zombies, which was tribute to a Mogwai album title. But Pink Shiny Ultra Blast, the band's name, comes from an Astrobite album, Who We Heard, or Whom We Heard, earlier in the program. They're from St. Petersburg, Russia, not usually known as a hub for the shoegaze sound, but we like to cast our net far and wide on Sombrero Fallout. And if you'd like to join in with what's happening around the world, why not become a friend of Sombrero Fallout, where we, uh, the representatives of many nations of Sombrero Fallout listeners uh, converge on a Facebook site called Friends of Sombrero Fallout. Do join. Not long to go now for the end of the program, and we're going to skip back stateside.
Hello, you catch me having transferred to the garden. Rather nicer weather has just broken out and you might be able to hear uh, the sound of drilling as the shed in next door's garden begins to take shape. That was our last track tonight, Blown A Wish from my Bloody Valentine's Loveless album. We thank you for your service uh, from 1991. It was. And before that, you heard In Undertow by Always, spelt with two Vs, from their 2017 album, Antisocialites. Uh, where would we be without Loveless? Probably without many of the tracks we'd heard tonight, or they would have sounded at least somewhat different if it had not been for their august predecessor. Ha <laughs> uh, I'm going to disappear to do a bit of research now, conduct folks who had an excellent one last night with some young people who, 17-year-olds, who reaffirmed my faith in human nature, so much nicer than I and my friends ever were at that age. We were horrible old cynical lot. They seem genuinely to care about uh, themselves, each other and the planet. Why that should be a surprise, I don't know. Uh, people are people. Before I disappear down a philosophical cul-de-sac, let me wish you farewell. Have a lovely couple of weeks till I speak to you next time. Uh, I'll see you then and uh, travel well. That should be